Welcome to the show. It's Real Talk with the Six Man. I'm your host, the Six Man. This podcast is uncut, unscripted, and we talk about a wide range of topics such as black entrepreneurship, social injustice, education, finances, the family dynamic, Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, and mental health, along with many more. It's a Real Talk podcast to empower, educate, encourage, uplift, and inspire, and to allow others to be better than they were yesterday. You're listening to Real Talk with the Six Man. Be better than yesterday, I gotta be better than yesterday No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday I gotta be better than yesterday, I gotta be better than yesterday No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday We gotta be better, do better that's every minute, every second. Uh, drop a juice, hope you collecting them. Uh, the voice of the people, we all gon' get heard. This real spill, never clear what I say. Uh, always tuned in, never tuned out. Gotta stay walking, be a sleepwalker. Gotta stand up, got too many stand out. Stay ready, like the six man of the year. We up now. We, we, we up now. Be better than yesterday, I gotta be better than yesterday. No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're tuned into Real Talk with the Six Man. And I am your host, the Six Man. Man, it's been a um it's been a hell of a week, man, thus far since I've been back. And again, shout out to everybody who sent me um well birthday wishes, you know, via Facebook, text, you know, um, Instagram. Whatever, whatever way you you took time to you know wish me a happy birthday, I appreciate it. Um, I went to Mexico to kind of reset, so to speak, and it was a good look. It was time to you know time to reflect, get some sun, chill, relax, not do too much, and um, it it was a good week for me, very good week for me. But then of course towards the tail end of that week, it it it, it um. It got a little difficult because um, I got the news of uh, Kobe Bryant getting into that accident um, in a helicopter um, with his daughter and seven other passengers, including the pilot, um, out there in um, out there in L.A. And um, when I first heard the story, I was just like, "Wow, stop playing! I, I, I ain't I ain't I ain't listening to that shit." I need I need some some credible people to say that that he's dead. Like I need to see somebody credible to um, confirm that. And I think as we were getting into the pool, you know, I was going to the bar, 
you know, getting a couple of drinks at the bar, and a guy had his phone, and he was like, "Oh shit, fucking Kobe Bryant is dead." I was like, "What, man? Stop playing!" And then it was just all over the news, all over ESPN, all over TMZ. I mean, even though <clears throat> I definitely did not like the way TMZ handled the situation, but you know, I'm not in charge of. Um, what comes on TV or how people, you know, tend to handle their business, so to speak. <clears throat> but I think TMZ was real fucked up in the way they presented the story um, to Kobe's wife, Vanessa. I think that was real tasteless on their, on their part. And I know for the most part, I don't really condone or watch some of the shit that's on TMZ, but sometimes it's just one of them outlets that you just kind of, you know, use to confirm what's going on out here because they they typically know what's going on. Because they out, you know, they out and about. And, you know, they folks get paid, you know, to, you know, gather news. And so, you know, um, TMZ were one, of the, were one of the outlets that we saw that uh, had confirmed Kobe's accident. <clears throat> and then few other outlets, ESPN, Twitter, um, you know, definitely Facebook was one of those outlets. When I started seeing all the rest in peace, I was like, wow, that's crazy. I mean, it was one of them thoughts. You was just like, wow, that's, that's crazy. So, of course, you go on with your day, but, I mean, as the day goes on, I'm just like, wow, like, that's crazy. Like, it's just like, I mean, when I got home, <clears throat> when I got home <clears throat> at the airport, it was just, I was just kind of like still like it it was still on my mind. I was just like, damn, Joe, Kobe Bryant is dead, man. That's fake. That I mean, that's crazy. And so I'm at the airport, you know, wrestling with it a little bit. And then um, I'm on my way home. We, we touched down a full lot of there, and then we we uh was coming home to BWI, <clears throat> and then I touched down to BWI, and then I see this this um. This article popped up on um, my Fox 5 app, and it was saying, you know, man handcuffed, daily shooting, man handcuffed in a police cruiser, shot by PG County police. <clears throat> and when I saw the the article, of course, when I saw a handcuffed man, I was like, what? What the fuck PG doing now? And so I didn't really get a chance to, you know, read the story because I was on my way you know, to the um to the baggage claim to pick up my bags. And um I remember coming home, kinda trying to get in the bed to get some rest because it was early in the morning. And after being on that plane, you know, coming from Mexico and then going to Fort Lauderdale and then doing the layover and then waiting for the layover and then getting on the plane to come to BW. I mean it was a little tiring. <clears throat> I mean, cause you get you get to rest on the plane but you don't get to get that good sleep like you do when you get in your bed. And of course, by the time I got home, um, I got in the bed, it was it was a done deal. I wanted to, I wanted to go to bed. <clears throat> so I notified my job that I wasn't gonna make it, man. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's no need me trying to kind of work if I'm getting home, you know what I'm saying, two o'clock in the morning and I gotta turn around and be up at five to go to work and work eight hours. I'm not gonna be productive. So I mean, it's no need, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I get that you wanna go and do your work, but I mean, I like to be at my best if I'm gonna go. 
you know, so I, I ain't want to, I ain't want to go and just, you know, just to say I was at work. <clears throat> so I didn't go, <clears throat> but I remember my phone going off, um, phone was going off and I mean, my inbox on Facebook was crazy. And all I see is rest in peace, boo. I was like, rest in peace, boo. So I'm looking. And so I'm hitting, going through some of the timeline. And um, a friend of mine that went to Henley with me, Henley Elementary, um, is kind of where I knew, um, kind of where it started out for me in Southeast, Henley Elementary School. That's where it all started for me on the South Side, DC Public Schools. And a friend of mine um, had posted, you know, rest in peace. And then she put his name, William Green, Boo Boo. Because that's what we called him, Boo Boo. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, still, it's still tough talking about it, y'all. So y'all got to excuse my voice because um, I'm trying to hold back my, um, my emotions to a degree. But, um... She posted that, uh, rest in peace. And I kind of was like, what happened? <clears throat> and then she, you know, um, put the article up. And I was like, damn, that's the article from last night. <clears throat> so then I go in and read the article. And I'm reading the article, and it's basically saying, um, you know, uh, Prince George's County police officer um, has shot a man, handcuffed, in his cruiser. And I'm just reading the story, and... It was like the more I kind of was reading the dynamic of the situation, it just it was just puzzling to me. You know what I mean? It just it, to me it just didn't make any sense. And so um, I think to a degree it was like, what what's really going on? What happened? Like you just want to know. <clears throat> you just want to know what happened. You you like you get you get wrapped up into you know the emotional part because you I mean one, you know this person. You know, Boo was somebody that I grew up with, you know, in Southeast, you know, going to school, Henley Elementary. Um and and, and we were we lived in the same neighborhood. And when I say neighborhood, I mean we I mean if you lived in in or in or around, you know, Third Street, Fourth Street, Sixth Street, Brandywine, Chesapeake, you know, Conantors, Highland, you know, that, I mean, that was kind of, that was kind of the running, you know, Linda Poland, um, you know, Brandywine, you know, you, that, that was kind of the neighborhood, so to speak, you know, that's kind of where we all, you know, kind of, you know, came from, you know, we had a other, few other people, you know, who lived, you know, Livingston Road, you know, kind of on the opposite side where friendship was, um, but it was still like you know that neighborhood, and 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 it was kind of you know stomping ground so to speak, you know, for a lot of us at that time. And so you know, Boo and his brother uh, Tutu, <laughs> Tutu was wild too, man. But you know, it was a general, it was a general and mutual respect between myself and Boo Boo and his brother too, and my brother um, because. Um, you know, of course, Tutu and my brother Ty, you know, they went to school together because um, they were a little older. 
And so, you know, whenever I saw Boo, <clears throat> he always asked me about my brother. I always asked him about his brother. And so to see this article, it 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 took me back. I mean, early in the morning. I mean, I even went live on Facebook to kind of talk about it. You know, when it, when I initially kind of read the article to find out what was going on, um, and and it 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 extremely made me upset. It made me extremely upset. I mean, it made me sad and it made me upset. Um, because when you see um these police shootings, you know, you you want to know, you know, is the officer gonna be held accountable and you know all of that good stuff, but you also you know, just want to know, like, what, what happened? Like, what, what made this officer, you know, do this? And so I want to say it happened Monday night, um, you know, Tuesday morning when I got up, it was like all over social media, all over the news, it was it was it was headlines. It was it was national headlines. And to um and to understand that this is somebody that I knew, somebody that I grew up with, it was more difficult to deal with. And I think at times we don't look at the severity of the severity and difficulty of dealing with something until it like really hits you. And so it hit me like eleven thirty Tuesday morning. It like hit me hard. I'm just sitting. I kind of read through the article. Tear came out my eye, and it just made me stand up and just say, "Damn!" Like it, it, you just get tired. You just get tired of hearing this shit, and then it's like, you know, what the fuck made this police officer do this? So, um, of course, as the gate as the day goes on, I went live on Facebook. Um, kind of you know said my piece about it, and then um, towards the end of that day. Um, there was a uh, a press conference, and the press conference, you know, gave more information about what was going on, and gave a little bit more detail, you know, of of what happened. Because at first, you know, the you know initial thing was the police officer said that you know um, he thought that Boo Boo was how PCP, and of course, you know, that was just some bullshit you know, to kind of help him, you know, justify why the fuck he did what he did. And, and, and the chief in the press conference was like, we, we haven't confirmed that this um, person was on PCP. We haven't confirmed that. And then Fox 5, um, you know, was like, you know, it wasn't confirmed that he was on PCP, but it was confirmed that he was a driver for a shuttle that went to New York and um, he was he was tired and he fell asleep behind the wheel. And I mean, listen, if you drive buses, if you drive cars, if you drive anywhere, you know, for, you know, an hour, two hours, three hours, and you're doing it day in and day out, I mean, you do get tired, man. I mean, I drove trucks and I made deliveries for a long time, for a lot of years. You know what I'm saying? Six, six years plus, you know, driving down to Richmond. You know, driving to Delaware. You know that 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 can be tiring, man. And it's your job. And so you you got to get rest at some point. And sometimes we break down. We break down in the most 
you know, un, unconventional ways. And sometimes people do fall asleep behind the wheel. And so I think for the most part, I'm thinking that's what happened. You know, Boo was tired. He, he, he sideswiped a couple cars. Um, you know, lady says she followed him. Um, and you know, as she should have, because her, one of her cars was the car that got hit. And so she followed him, called the police. Um, police got him right here off, uh, St. Barnum's and Winston Road. And everybody knows that, um, that intersection, because once you, once you turn off Winston, it turns into Willow Road. Or you can, um, make the other left onto I forgot the name of that street already but it's a well it's a well-known intersection it's one of those intersections where when you see it on the news everybody was like damn I know exactly what this is because it's a it's a it's a high traffic area it connects you to um, from Oxen Hill to Temple Hills um, to Marlow Heights um, it's just a it's just a, a well-known intersection and I got a friend of mine who lives not too far from there. And he was basically just telling me how the scene was crazy. Like, it was all fucked up. It was, I mean, it was just all fucked up. I mean, it was just so many police out there. And he was saying that they was basically turning cars around because, you know, it was, it was just so much going on. It was so much going on. And so um, all of that went on. It was a lot to deal with, a lot to take in. Um, and then they finally charged the police officer charged the police officer um with uh second degree second degree manslaughter and i you know i i i get it i get charging him with that but of course you know a, a part of me was like you know seven shots Man was handcuffed in the front seat. I mean, it's hard for me to look at that as as it not being just straight out, you know, flat out murder. You know, it's it's hard for me not to see it that way. But you know, I I I, I talked to a few people, you know, because of course I'm in my feelings, and I want to see Corporal Michael on, you know, you know, I I want to see him, you know, get what he got coming to him. And so he, him being charged with second degree murder, manslaughter, and, and other related charges to the death of forty three year old William Green, um, it was just it, it was just difficult. I mean, it, it was it was um, it was decent to see that they charged him, you know. But of course, in many cases that I've kind of researched you know, throughout the, the years, you know, officers like this always have a past history of doing this. And those seven shots, when I finally, you know, found out that he shot my man seven times, it automatically told me that this was not the first time that he's done this. And of course, it comes out, you know, that this man has had two other instances before this one, you know, involving a gun involving his gun his service weapon and so you know it you know the first incident you know i'm thinking like okay first incident that's like an eye opener second incident you know i think that was 2011 he killed he killed a dude 
and they showed the parents, they showed some of the family members. And I'm just like, wait a minute, how's that justified? This man had an incident at first when somebody was like fake trying to rob him or something. Okay, but then he killed somebody and then it was justified, right? Like, nah, come on, man. We got to look in deeper to this man while this man's still on the force. Like, come on now. Like, it got to be some type of protocol where you look at the individual and find out what the fuck is going on with him psychologically. I mean, because this is somebody who's licensed to carry a gun and out here killing people. So, what, I mean, what's really good? And so, you know, it's, it's a lot of people questioning now. The chief, um, Hank Sawinski, they, they questioning him because they like, you knew this dude was on the force. He, he killing people and y'all, he's still a police officer. And now here it is, you know, he's had the opportunity to do it again to somebody that a lot of people knew. I mean, Boo was known by a lot of people. And I mean, back then, our neighborhood, that small community, man, I mean, we were a small community. And that's why I named all of those neighborhoods and those blocks, man, because that's where we grew up. That's where we came from. I mean, it's, it's where we, it's where we, it's where we learned, you know, how to live, how to be friends, you know, where we fought, where we dealt with difficult situations at a young age. I mean, we dealt with a lot. So it was a community for us. And that, that neighborhood, that community is suffering, man, because I mean, we, it's one of us, one of, one of our own is gone. You know, I mean, I tell people all the time, you know, is 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 we 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 might not see each other all the time, we might not talk to each other all the time, but honestly, thank God for Facebook, thank God for social media. I mean, because it's a way of staying connected. You know what I mean? You know, you you somebody posts something that's going on in their life, birthday, achievement with their kids, whatever the case may be, you have the opportunity to take the keys and boo 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 boo. What's up, Slim? Good looking man, man. See you looking good. Good job. Whatever, and you out. And then they reply back, man, thanks, man, champ, appreciate it, see you doing the same thing, taking care of your kids, woo, woo, woo. And it's a good look, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, social media is a good balance to stay in tune with the people that we don't see day to day. But when you see this type of shit, you like, whoa, like, here we go with this bullshit again. And so, you know, this 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 officer has been charged um and this and this shooting but you know to me still it just makes me feel a certain type of way i mean still to this day like literally and so for me it just you know i i just i just was hurt man i was hurt by it i mean because again this was my man a homie a friend of mine you know and you know to me i just felt like when you listen to you know this press conference because I, I i in the beginning i didn't get to listen to it in the beginning right but then there was a um, a link that somebody sent me, um, you know, a link that somebody sent me um, on YouTube. And I was just like, word. So, you know, it was like, I'm going to check it out because it, 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 it talks about, it, it talks about more than what they kind of mentioned at the press conference, which, you know, it's, it's all well and good. You know, sometimes. Things don't get necessarily talked about. Sometimes things get missed. And, you know, in the press conference, you know, they they did mention a lot in the press conference. But it was like in this um, instance, you know, it was one of them situations where um, it, it just it laid out some information where, you know, it just made a little bit more sense. So I'm going to play 
I'm gonna play a little bit of um I'm gonna play a little bit of the press conference. Um just so you guys can hear some of it if you haven't heard it. And then I'll go into another um piece of audio that I have um that I found on YouTube. Director for Prince George's County Executive Angela Also Brooks. I'd like to first start by thanking the members of the media for staying around today. As you may imagine, um, this was a critical incident that occurred last night um, on St. Barnabas Road, Knoxon Hill. Uh, our police officers, our chief, uh, we all wanted to make sure that we had the most complete information to bring to the public. And so we are prepared to do that at this point. So you will first hear from County Executive Also Brooks followed by Chief Hank Stawinski, and then concluding will be State's Attorney Aisha Braveboy, after which we will take questions. Good afternoon. We want to thank uh, all of you for coming out today. Uh, and to begin by saying this has been an exceedingly difficult day um, for all of us, for uh, this community, uh, for this department, and uh, most especially for the family of William Green. I want to begin by uh, offering our prayers uh, to his family at this time and to tell you um, that we have uh, really been grief-stricken uh, with the family and that we, as a community, uh, have grieved with this family today. Uh, we are here because less than 24 hours ago, uh, we had a critical incident. I want you to know that I have been briefed uh, pretty much around the clock uh, about this incident and having uh, had the opportunity to be briefed by the department, I should tell you that there is absolutely nothing that is acceptable about this incident. Uh, we have said to this community over and over again that we value the trust of the community. We understand, uh, quite frankly, it's impossible to keep the community safe without that trust. Uh, we have promised over and over again that they would have from us transparency and accountability. Uh, and so I am very proud of the work that has been done over the last nearly 24 hours uh, by this department. Uh, they have worked uh, really without ceasing for nearly 24 hours to investigate this matter. Uh, and I am standing today with our chief of police, Hank Stawinski, as well as our state's attorney, Aisha Braveboy, uh, who you will hear from as well. Uh, what I can tell you uh, is that you will hear the details uh, about this uh, from our chief, uh, but I want you to know um, that we not only value the trust of the public and that we will, uh, in every instance, put their well-being um, uh, first, but I should tell you that even after today's announcement regarding charges, uh, that I have directed the chief uh, to order an independent review of our department's training practices and methods uh, to ensure that an incident like this never, ever has the opportunity to occur again. Uh, and so now I will call uh, to the podium our chief of police, Hank Stawinski. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Alsobrooks, and good evening. This is the most difficult moment of my tenure as your chief of police. I appreciate your patience. I appreciate the patience of our partners in the media. But our community knows that when I have the facts, you will have the facts. For the past almost 24 hours, I have remained in constant consultation with members of our special investigations response team, our criminal investigations division, our forensic sciences division, and our use of force experts. This has been a thorough and exhaustive review of all form and manner of evidence available to us, 
as well as a review of the preliminary findings of the Office of the Medi Chief Medical Examiner for the District of Columbia. And here are the facts. I am unable to come to our community this evening and provide you with a reasonable explanation for the events that occurred last night. I am unable to come to our community this evening and offer you a reasonable explanation for the events that occurred last night. I have concluded that what happened last night is a crime. And as a result, I have directed our special investigations response team to charge Corporal Michael Owen with second degree murder, manslaughter, and associated weapons charges in the death of William Green. I want to, as always, speak on behalf of the hardworking and dedicated women and men of this institution. These actions do not represent them, and they represent the finest that this community has to offer. But I also want to be clear, there are no circumstances under which this outcome is acceptable. And I want to extend my heartfelt sorrow and sympathies to the Green family. You have my assurance that all of our methods and practices will be examined as this investigation proceeds, and I will be looking to independent eyes in the coming days to provide further insight into these circumstances. With that, it is my privilege to introduce to you our state's attorney, Aisha Brayport. Thank you, Madam uh, County Executive. Um, thank you all for being here today. Uh, as we uh, are public servants, um, we must address the public when there are issues that we know are important to them. Uh, as was stated, um, the police in this case have charged uh, Officer Owens. Uh, Officer Owens is entitled to a, a bond review, so he'll be in court over the next couple of days. Um, as with any case where um, a felony is charged, uh, a grand jury uh, will be convened. Um, they will, of course, collect additional evidence, interview witnesses. They have subpoena power. Um, so there will be a thorough investigation uh, into this case. Um, we are very early in that process. But at the conclusion of that process, uh, final charging decisions will be made. Uh, and we will, uh, as we do with all of our cases, uh, seek justice. Uh, so thank you all for being here today. And I know that we're here uh, to answer any questions. Does anybody have any questions? There are prior instances that are a matter of public record regarding this officer. And I will be providing information through our media relations division as appropriate and in accordance with Maryland law on those events for you. I cannot confirm that at this point. We are not quite 24 hours into this, and we are now in a position where we have placed charges because I have concluded that what occurred last night was a crime. But I do want to emphasize to our community that while I am confident of the evidence and the probable cause that substantiates those charges, we do not have a thorough and complete accounting of every single detail. The fundamental details, however, are the basis of the probable cause for which we're using to place these charges this evening. Thank you. 
what I'm going to do is refer you to the statement of probable cause that we'll be releasing and ask you to use that as the foundation for your reporting on this this evening. And then as this proceeds, we'll provide additional details. However, we are collaborating and have been collaborating since last night with the Office of the State's Attorney. And we want to ensure that our public statements at this point, despite the action that we have taken that I feel to be appropriate based on probable cause, do not interfere with the ongoing prosecution and subsequent representations to a grand jury in this matter. We have partial deployment of body cameras across our department. I have always been fully in support of deploying additional body cameras throughout our department, but I would like our county executive to address that because she has taken aggressive action on this topic, and I'll invite Ms. Salsa Brooks to the mic. Uh, and so we have we have decided before this year that body cameras uh, were appropriate. And so we last year and last year's budget uh, funded the first installation of body cameras. And we began uh, the process of putting in place the infrastructure. And this upcoming budget, what you will see is that we have now funded for our entire uh, um, Bureau of Patrol. So every officer in the Bureau of Patrol will have those body cameras. So they will uh, be fully rolled out and they have been uh, accounted for in this year's budget. And so we will have our body camera program, which we started uh, implementing uh, uh, even before this year. He did not have a body camera on during this incident. Well, if you'll allow me to indulge the state attorney is in a position where she will now be fundamental to how this proceeds. So I would like to answer that question. And the legal analysis that I've received, again, as part of this extensive review over the last almost 24 hours, is that LDOBR does not attach under the circumstances that are before us. This is an unprecedented set of circumstances and the experience of this institution. And in my view, it necessitated unprecedented action. But the legal analysis I have is that we are not contravening LDOBR and taking these actions. And my belief for our community is that this is the only appropriate course of action under these circumstances. So again, I won't get into the details of that. I am confident that we have established probable cause to place these charges. We're not going to contravene anyone's rights with respect to LEOBR. But LEOBR does not attach under the circumstances which, again, are unprecedented and which we face this evening. Corporal Owen is a 10-year veteran of the Prince George's County Police Department. There's additional information we'll be providing to you through our Media Relations Division. But beyond that, we have to be circumspect because, again, we have to respect the work that the state's attorney will be doing in the coming days with respect to that officer and the, the fuller context of this event. I will say that we believe seven shots were fired, and I believe that's reflected in the statement of probable cause. And I want to be clear with my community, that's part of what's led us to this decision. But beyond that, I'm going to refer you back to that statement of probable cause so that we don't interfere with what will be the process of presenting this to the grand jury. Again, we're going to provide you with as much information as the law in the state of Maryland and our perspective on transparency will allow you to have. 
You know that. I give you my assurance on that. We are working to provide that to you, but I'm not going to make comments from this podium on that topic. I'm going to provide you that information through MRD so that we do not violate the officer's rights, and we certainly don't want to contravene Maryland law in this matter. Preliminarily, there were concerns raised by the two responding officers with respect to Mr. Green's level of impairment by unknown substances, and they were attempting to secure additional support from a drug recognition expert in order to address that. In that intervening time, these events occurred. That's where we are, and that's as much detail as I'm able to provide you, again, in the context of prior questions about where we are and then in preparation for a grand jury presentation. What we endeavor to do in Prince George's County, and as you know, is to provide facts when we have facts. Preliminarily, our media relations representatives last night spoke to the possibility of PCP being involved. That does not, that does not appear to be the case. Further, the account that we had last night that there were independent witnesses of a struggle inside that vehicle, that was not corroborated. That was not corroborated. And I'm not able to state to a certainty with respect to whether or not Mr. Green was seatbelted in that cruiser. Those are the three substantive changes that occurred as this investigation proceeded through the early morning hours and brought us, frankly, to this point. Those are the three points that I want to correct. Again, I hope that the community will offer me some latitude. We seek to provide information quickly and to be transparent. That was preliminary information. And as I've always promised the community, when I have facts, you'll have facts. So again, we do not believe PCP was involved. We do not have independent witnesses that observed a struggle, and we do not know for certainty that Mr. Green was seatbelted in that cruiser. I cannot, again, out of respect for the grand jury process and obviously interviews that will need to proceed with our special investigations response team, as again, to be clear with the community, the investigation is not concluded because we have chosen to place charges based on probable cause, but those are components of the next phase. As was explained in a conversation we had earlier, there are two components, and we are being respectful of what follows with respect to the state's attorney's prosecution in this matter. He was handcuffed behind his back.
were you addressing that question to? No, I understand, ma'am. So, so if you have something you'd like to discuss further, we can do so after this press event. I understand, and that could be addressed after this media event. So, with that, are there any more questions from members of the media? I'm not disregarding you. No, no, please. Let's let's have a discussion afterward. Understood, ma'am. But let's, ma'am, we may have a discussion afterwards about this. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. You know what? We appreciate your um, concern and we share it. We, I understand the passion that you brought here tonight. And let me just say, and you know, we're upset too. That's the reason we're here tonight. But what we want to do is to conclude this conference. And I promise you that we will step aside and talk to you. But we share your concern. We understand that you're upset and you're not alone. Uh, you are expressing the frustration of this community. We understand it. We get it. I promise you we will not minimize it. Uh, that's the reason we're here tonight, and we respect you for coming out to express it. If you just give us a chance to conclude here, I promise you that we will step aside. I know the state's attorney will be more than happy to discuss this with you. All right, so if there are no other questions, okay. So, I, so that's something that I'll be able to get you at a later date. Um, So, Chief, I want to be clear. This is a difficult decision to arrive at. We have to respect due process. But in the early morning hours, I had grave concerns. And that's why, for the last almost 24 hours, I've been engaged with all the components that I enumerated earlier. And so, you know, that's not the full... Um, um, press conference but that's pretty much all of it it's only like five minutes left in the press conference but as you can hear there's a um a concerned citizen you know in the room and she's like fuck that you know y'all need to tell us what's going on we got a young man paralyzed on a traffic stop and now we got a man shot seven times handcuffed like i mean we want to know what the fuck is going on i mean it's good that you know, they try to be professional, you know, not look her off, not minimize her anger. You know, everybody kind of addressed it. Like, look, we get it. We we want to address it. But right now isn't the time. And I'm like, sometimes it is. I mean, I know you want decency and order, which is respectable. But sometimes people like, man, when we see this shit happening all the time, it's like, nah, we don't want to keep we don't want to keep being respectful. We don't want to keep, you know, um, being, you know, um, like shut out, so to speak. You know, I mean, we want you, we want to be heard. I mean, the community wants to be heard. People want to let people know, you know, how we feeling because it's it's really messed up. You know, it's really messed up how this code of conduct with police officers. And I'm not saying all because I have a few. Um, I have more than a few police officers on my timeline and I'm not going to say that we have deep conversations, but some of the officers that I know, you know, face to face, one on one, we do have conversations sometimes. And like I said before, I've, I've had conversations where 
I have to take a step back and I have to understand an officer's job and what that entails. I mean, sometimes we don't fully understand what a police officer goes through on a day in and day out basis. Right. And I'm not giving that as an excuse of, you know, shooting somebody seven times, but there are, you know, instances where, you know, police officers, you know, have to protect themselves because it is some, there are some people out here who don't give a fuck about anything and just do whatever. And I, I understand that, you know, their training trains them on a, to be ready on a base to base situation. You know what I mean? Like every situation, every stop, every encounter with a civilian on the street, all of that is not going to be the same. You know, every, you know, stop that they have, I'm, I'm pretty sure is unique in this way. You got some people who are respectful and, you know, do what's asked of them. You got some people who aren't, you know, just based off, you know, some of the encounters that they have with police officers and some of the um, encounters that their family have had with police officers. I mean, can you imagine this family, if they get pulled over by a PG County police, how they going to feel? They, they're not even going to want to pull over. They're going to want to you know, be somewhere where it's light, be somewhere where there's a lot of people around. I mean, I remember a while back when um, I was in the car with a um, young lady, a uh, good friend of mine. Um, you know, I was, uh, they we were coming home from getting tattoos and the police officer was trying to pull her over. Like, like right on, um, what was that? Silver Hill Road. And I told her, don't pull over right here. Pull over where some light, like a gas station or something. So that's what she did. She pulled over into a gas station. And so when he got to the car, he was like, you ain't see me trying to pull you over? And she and I said, yeah, she saw you. But I told her to pull over so so it could be some light. So it could be, you know, some people, some witnesses. I said, she a female by herself. I said, if I wasn't in the car, if I wasn't in the car with her, you know, I'm teaching her that. You know, she need to pull over in some light, regardless. I'm a police officer. I'm, what am I going to do to her? I'm like, cuz, I'm not even trying to hear that shit. I'm teaching her what she need to do if she in the car by herself. She not in the car by herself, so I'm I'm showing her what she need to do. So he he turned the stop <laughs> over to me. Well, where your license? I said, I don't need no license. I'm not driving. You pull her over. Talk to her. I'm just, I'm just answering the question that you asked for her of why she didn't pull over when you thought she should have pulled over. And, I mean, we went back and forth for a second. You know what I'm saying? And um, she gave him all her information. He was like, um, I think she had a, 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 she didn't use her turn signal or something petty. And um, he, he still asked me for my license. I'm like, Slim, I know my rights. I'm not, I haven't convict. I haven't, um, I haven't um, committed any crimes. This is a traffic stop. You are dealing with the person who, is responsible for this vehicle. I do not have to show you my ID. Then he started threatening me we, with the, I can lock you up, I can arrest you. I'm like, cuz, listen, that shit don't scare me. I said, that's the part that y'all got the game fucked up with people in the community because if they know they rights, then you want to throw locked up in their face. For somebody who's been locked up, for somebody who's been arrested, that shit don't scare me, cuz. So you can miss me with that shit. I mean, I hate when they try to be intimidating versus just being the public service that they are. Because that's bullshit. You, oh, I can arrest you for this. I can lock you up for that. Do it. Do it. And all you're going to be doing is wasting your time and mine. So do it. 
So that, you know, that's just one of them situations where, you know, you, you know, you just, you just, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be safe. You gotta be safe out here. And I'm not saying, you know, that you gotta be combative with the police or you can't, you know what I'm saying, speak your mind. But at some point it's like, man, come on, man. Like you can't just be out here, you know, talking to people any kind of way thinking that, you know, it is, you know, you, again, you are a public servant, man. You are being paid by the tax dollars of the people who live in this county, who work hard, and for you to turn around and treat them like that, that's that's disrespectful. And so, again, I know people were saying that it was a petition going around saying that they wanted the chief fired and all this. And I'm just like, it ain't all the chief's fault because the chief has to deal with the union, got to deal with the reps trying to help and fight for these police officers that do this Bama shit. I mean, so it's, it's a bigger... It's a bigger community than just the chief that, you know, um, that that kind of deals with this situation. I mean, I know for a fact that there's a that there's a hierarchy that the chief has to go through to do certain things. But I, I think in this instance, you know, um, you know, charging this police officer was the right thing to do. And so I also came up with um, something on YouTube where. You know, um, it was it was it was it was interesting. I mean, it, it was about this case, and I think again, you know, as I've been on this platform and as I've been doing this, I mean, I always kind of do some research. People send me stuff, and it's just it's just amazing how you know the universe works when you're doing something. Um, I want to say positive, but also impactful to the community. You know, just just just. Um, giving people a heads up, giving people your own perspective or your own view. I mean, because my view isn't going to be somebody else's view. And so, of course, somebody may debate some of the stuff that I say, and that's fine. I mean, you, you, you are, you are well in your reach to do that. And I welcome it. You know, I welcome it. I, I haven't had a situation where I've been debated on my show yet, but I welcome it, you know, because I've been through what I've been through and a lot of what I know. And a lot of my opinions are based off my past experiences. And I try not to talk about shit that I don't know about. I've been pulled over by the police. I've been fucking harassed by the police. I've shit. I've, 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 I've fought a few police in my day. I've literally physically fought a few. And when I say a few, I mean like, you know, two or three police in my lifetime. And one police, I gave his ass the business. He tried to reach for his gun while we was getting into it. I, I I hit that shit out of his hand, and I told him, it's going to be a long night for you, champ. I mean, this is when I was in my heyday. I was, you know, bench pressing 325. I told Slim it was going to be a long night for him, and it was. It was a long night for him. So, you know, I've, I've been through situations where now at 42, you know, would I still react a certain type of way? Probably not. But, you know, in this case, you know, seeing some of the stuff that I've seen thus far with this entire case and seeing Boo in that car and seeing how relaxed he was, you know, um, talking to the police. And then after being handcuffed, placed in the vehicle 30 minutes while y'all wait for this drug recognition officer, seven shots rang out in a vehicle. And now my man Boo is dead. And so I, I found something on YouTube um, I thought it was interesting. 
um, and I wanted you guys to take a listen to it as well. Um, because again, you know, it's from a different outlet, media outlet source, and it's a totally different breakdown of what happened. So I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to take a listen to this. My name is Taya Graham, and this is a breaking news update in a story that is developing in Prince George's County, Maryland. And remember, if you have evidence of police misconduct, please share it with us. Email us privately at parattherealnews.com, and we might be able to investigate. Now, on to the breaking news. Prince George's County Police have charged one of their own, Corporal Michael Owen, with second-degree murder for shooting a man in handcuffs. The shooting occurred Monday evening in Silver Hills, a community outside of Washington, D.C. Owen had detained William Green and had put him in handcuffs inside the front seat of his patrol car. Then, while awaiting a drug evaluation, Owens shot Williams seven times. Here's what the Prince George's County Chief of Police had to say at a press conference yesterday. I am unable to come to our community this evening and offer you a reasonable explanation for the events that occurred last night. Stephen, you have covered so many cases like this. How unusual is it for an officer to be charged so quickly? Extremely unusual, although it's starting to happen more now than it used to. I mean, you know, five or six or ten years ago, they'd say we have to take, we don't want to jump to any hasty conclusions. Now it seems like police chiefs are trying to get ahead of these stories because they know stuff is going to leak out and stuff's going to happen. But of course, when you shoot a man in handcuffs, who had his hands behind his back. And who I think was times. also seatbelted into the, well, the police car as well. Just so you know what, in the press conference, they did not confirm that. They didn't confirm that, And, okay. you know, it's interesting. It was the same sort of, we've seen in other cases, like in Fort Worth, Texas, where the police leaked out some information. They said there was a struggle, but that didn't turn out to be true. They said there was smell of PCP, then they wouldn't confirm that. And yesterday at 1.30, they said they were going to have a press conference. And I don't think there was any intimation that they were going to charge this police officer. I think they're more saying we're going to have a press conference and we're going to try to say, we'll wait and see. And then a very shaken police chief comes up in front of the community and says, I have no explanation for what happened. And I think the reason, the problem is that when you shoot a man in handcuffs, you know, any, any police officer you speak to who is who does the job correctly will tell you that you can't mess with, they're in your custody. Right, and you're, you're responsible for their safety. Once you put someone in cuffs, the officer is responsible for their safety and well-being, right? right? No right, matter yeah. what the previous condition Absolutely. was. Absolutely, there, there is no doubt about it that you cannot hit, touch, or any way do anything to a person in handcuffs because they are considered defenseless and to be in police custody. Now, it's said that Corporal Owen was not wearing his body camera right. that day. How is that even possible? Isn't that part of the your gear, your equipment, your gun, and then your body camera? Well, it's a really interesting question because many departments have deployed body cameras throughout their department. But in Prince George's County, they have 1,600, 1,500 sworn officers and only about uh, 80 officers have body cameras at this point. They've been slowly rolling out the program. And that was one of the questions the chief faced. Why don't you have a body cam program? Because obviously a body cam would shed a lot of light on this. Now, maybe Absolutely. they're all relieved that they don't have a body cam because it could prove to be. But that is a good question. I mean, Prince George's County is a police department that's been under consent, federal consent decree exactly. for racist and unconstitutional practices. So you would think that they would have a body cam program, but for some reason it hasn't been rolled out yet. Now, Stephen, there is a law enforcement officer's bill of rights. As a matter of fact, Maryland has one of the strongest in the country. As a matter of fact, other states have modeled it on, for their police departments because the protections for police officers who allegedly have committed crimes are so strong. Talk to me a little bit about how the law enforcement officer's bill of rights was or was not used in this well, case. Well, it's interesting. Maryland, the law enforcement officer's bill of rights is so stringent it makes police almost untouchable. You know, they have 
rights that no one, none of us have when we commit a crime. But the police commissioner was asked this question, and he said basically emphatically, I was told the law enforcement officer's bill of rights was not applicable. And it's interesting because it speaks to some of the things we don't know about the case. And specifically what we don't know is what precipitated the shooting. The, the chief has been vague. Um, the statement of probable cause is vague. All it says is that the guy was shot seven times. I would imagine that what happened was so horrific that everyone's like, all bets are off. Because usually the, what you're talking about is exactly correct. Because of the law enforcement officer's bill of rights, the chief would immediately be defensive, yes. would defend the officer, say we need to do an investigation, uh, he deserves due process, et cetera, et cetera. But in this case, he said, no, I consulted someone legally who said it doesn't apply here. What I think the reason is whatever happened was so horrific that the police department feels like in retrospect they can't justify any sort of, you know, anything other than charging the officer within 24 hours. Pretty, pretty extraordinary. That's amazing, but, within 24 hours, yeah. But I feel like, because, it, and in fact, this officer has been involved in a shooting before, uh, about in 2014, right. and I think he was cleared of any, you know, wrongdoing or said that the shooting was justified. So, you know, he probably felt like he could use his gun in any situation, like many police officers feel, when there's even a slight or reason, reasonable fear. Of the, but I think the problem is, even in our completely lax, um, you know, society where police have almost, un, you know, I would say... I would say almost unfettered ability to right. use violence against citizenry. Um, he must have done something that was really screwed up. That, that right, and it makes me wonder too, maybe there's some dash cam footage from another police possibly, car yes. or another officer who's outside of the car that hasn't been revealed to us yet. Right. And that's what the police chief got to look at. And that's yeah. why he's quaking in his boots. Prince George's County Police are no strangers to the controversial use of force cases. Just six months ago, Damon Ward Blake was left paralyzed from the waist down after a car stop in October of 2019. Ward Blake suffered injuries to his spinal cord and a broken nose. Police at the time said they would launch a wide-ranging investigation and concluded the officers did nothing wrong. Police said Ward's crime was that his tags were expired. But that's not the only case involving Prince George's County Police that has received national scrutiny. In 2017, we spoke with Marion Gray Hopkins. Her son, Gary Hopkins Jr., was shot by police in 1999 after a fight broke out in the parking lot following a dance. Hopkins was not involved in the altercation, but the Prince George's County officer said he had tried to grab his gun. A Prince George's County judge found the officer not guilty of manslaughter, despite eyewitnesses who said his hands were up in the air at the time of the shooting. Let's hear what Marion Gray Hopkins had to say about these police-involved shootings. My son was murdered for no reason. Mm -hmm. And if we sit back and allow this to happen and do nothing, then that means we're in, we're in consent with the status quo. Now, Stephen, you were there at the time of the interview with his mother, and we talk a lot about the direct victims of police yeah. violence. But what about their families? What kind of legacy does that leave, and what kind well, of impact have you seen? One of the things that's, uh, I think, that I, from covering this that I've seen that is incredible troubling is that when you are shot by police you're pretty much shunned by everyone um, you know the government considers you to be hostile in some ways because they're being held responsible or accountable for the shooting and you really have nowhere to turn I think there's a tremendous amount of social psychological isolation yes. it's bad enough that your loved one was taken violently in an instant and you know people who are you know, murder victims, families of murder victims generally get support from the police or whatever but in this case you're considered like a hostile sort of person in terms of the relationship with police so it becomes even worse it, it kind of heightens the amount of isolation and anger you feel and i think that's why so many mothers have such you know 
such emotional, psychological damage that goes beyond just having your loved one killed by a gun. Right, because they have no one to turn to. Very Nothing. often their loved one has been criminalized publicly right. in the media. They've had their reputation and their name tarnished. And then on yeah. top of that, they can't reach out to the normal victim services because their quarrel is with the police yeah. agency that killed their loved ones. So mm -hmm. they really are quite isolated, both socially and by the government agencies that normally help victim families. So needless to say, we will still continue to investigate this story and keep you updated. Wherever we see police misconduct or brutality, we will be there to help the victims tell their story. I'd like to thank my colleague Stephen Janis for his investigative reporting on this piece. And before we go, I want you watching to know that if you have evidence of police misconduct or brutality, please share it with us and we might be able to investigate. Please reach out to us. You can email us tips privately at parattherealnews.com and share your evidence of police misconduct. And of course, you can message me directly at Taya's Baltimore on Twitter or Facebook. And please like and comment. I do read your comments and appreciate them. And please share our videos to help us get the word out. My name is Taya Graham, and I would like to thank you for joining me for this Police Accountability Report breaking news. Be safe out there. And so, yeah, so it's like, you know, you know, they, 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 you know, they, they actually, you know, added some information um, that I was not aware of, um, you know, just of some of the updates and some of the things that, you know, Prince George's County police officers have been um you know have been doing you know throughout the years i remember back in the 90s you know um you know pg basically stood for plead guilty because if you didn't plead guilty the police would beat the shit out you until you pled guilty to to something that you didn't do so i mean you know pg county has been known for a number of years of being a fucked up you know police department and I mean, I think that, you know, most of the police departments in this area, I mean, because we got so many small police departments. I mean, you got Prince George's County Police, you got Capitol Heights Police, you got C. Pleasant Police, you got District Heights Police, you got uh, Byron, Byron, Byron Heights, Berwyn Heights Police. You, you, you got all these small police departments, right? And it's just like, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to kind of deal with so many different attitudes in terms of policing. Because in certain neighborhoods, you don't get police that pull you over that's all hostile and all angry and upset. But some of them you do. And, it all, and I think it all boils down to the neighborhood um, and just the police in general. And just, you know, <laughs> we all people. We all humans. So you might get a police officer, you know, he he pull you over. He he might be going through, you know, a child custody suit or going through, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know, child support, divorce, whatever. I mean, we all human beings. We all people. You know what I'm saying? We all struggle with something regardless of what our occupation is and i'm and i'm thinking at the end of the day with this guy man he really in my eyes he really thought he was gonna get away with this shit and i'm 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 glad i'm happy he did not get away with it i'm happy that they charging him i'm happy that this is happening and you know hopefully the end result will be you know he will get um he will get what he deserved 
and justice will be served for William Green and 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 his family. You know what I mean? I, I saw um, a piece on Channel Four. His daughter, you know, spoke about you know him calling her every day, twice a day, checking on her. I mean, it just made me think about myself and my elevation. I mean, we've all grown up. I mean, none of us are, you know, these young whippersnappers that was running up and down the streets, you know, hanging out. We all got jobs. We all got kids now. We all trying to, you know, you know, going to that next chapter of our life. You know what I mean? And so I think, you know, a lot of stuff that we've been through, you know, experiences is teaching us now that we got to be more, you know, of a hands on parent. We got to be more involved with our family. We got to be more involved with our community. We got to be more involved in everything that we're doing now. Whether we want to do a business, whether we want to, you know, help other kids. I mean, I know myself personally, my journey, that's what I want to do. You know, I, I would love to start a nonprofit and to help young men, you know, between the ages of junior high school and high school and maybe, you know, they on, you know, and, and, and then possibly start working with females, you know, give me some um, some partners that are females and then want to help, you know, you know, partner with younger females, older females. I mean, I just want to help impact people as much as I can. So I tell people all the time, you know, I, I'm working on some things and I'm hoping that, you know, me kind of, you know, keep talking about them and, and having these meetings with my, my brothers that's going, you know, help, help me, you know, get some stuff off the ground and help them as well. I mean, we just, we're going to start some stuff. We're going to try to leave that legacy. We're going to try to leave that imprint, you know, on our families, our kids. So that way when they get older, they can feel like they can be as impactful as we were. And, you know, this, this situation has, has impacted me a lot to, to, to make me want to keep going. And cause there's a lot of people who did not know about this story. I mean, they heard about it like I did. And when I saw it, I kind of ignored it, not ignored it, but I saw it and was like, all right, I'm gonna try to look at it later. And then you know, the universe didn't allow me to wait later to see it because it ended up being somebody that I knew. Somebody that I shared, you know, space with on this earth. You know what I mean? And so um, my hope is that, you know, this officer, um, you know, gets what he deserves and more. Um, and I hope that the family, you know, gets peace um, and get what they deserve. You know, um, you know, I, like I say, I grew up with Boo. Um, we knew each other very well. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time in and out of them hallways in Henley Elementary and, uh, I, we graduated together. And so, um, you know, it's very difficult to hear something like this happen to a person that, you know, I mean, we hear shit like this on the news all the time, but it's more difficult, you know, um, and it's more heartfelt when it's somebody that, you know. So I just wanted to take this time out, y'all, and just, you know, um, you know, share some light on this story, you know, give it some attention um, and just give you guys an opportunity to kind of hear, you know, different perspectives and just different, um, you know, viewpoints of, of this case, you know, from the from the from the press conference and to the um, the YouTube clip that I played as well. And so um, I just hope I just hope you know, this, this wakes a lot of people up. I mean, Angela also Brooks said that they're rolling out body cameras, which I think they should already have. I mean, DC, you know, Mira Bowser spent $5 million for 
for these body cameras and still don't let nobody see the footage, which I think is some bullshit. But thank God for, you know, um, Councilman Gray and, 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 and Trayon White and others who um, did that um, emergency legislation to allow people to request body camera footage when they have involvement with the police. I mean, we, we got to we got to find some way where the community can police the police. It's got to be a way, man. We got to hold these people accountable because they people just like us. So with that being said, PG County got to definitely step their game up. And, and, and with they 1,500 officers or however many officers that they have, man, they got to they gotta get them, you know, fitted, suited and booted with these body cameras, man, and, and make it a priority because when I went down to the Wilson building to talk about the five-year body cam program with um, the Austin family, um, you know, I remember one of the police union reps was like, you know, one of the issues with um, the body camera program that we're, that we're seeing is that the officers aren't having muscle memory remembering to turn on a body cam. I was like, what the fuck? I had to stand up like what? Muscle memory? You mean to tell me the biggest problem is that they forgetting to hit a button? Come on, man. So how do we hold them accountable to do that? He never talked about the accountability of them being required to push that fucking button. It 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 touched me a little bit. And so um, one of the representatives for the Austin family, her lawyer, her attorney, was saying that they had looked at other states to see what the requirement and see what the punishment was. And want and wants to work with DC and other, you know, um counties, you know, to help them fix that. Because in Montgomery County, they they released the body camera footage right after the situation, within twenty four hours. I'm like, where's PG County in DC? They they not on board with their neighbor um in Montgomery County. I mean like when the officer uh, was uh, punishing the dude in handcuffs on the ground in Montgomery County. I mean, they, they released the footage. They showed it. The officer was held accountable. Done. Like, it, it got to be more of that. Just like, you know, um, the police want, um, you know, regular citizens to be held accountable for some of the shit that they do. And I think it need to be vice versa. And it need to be worse on the police because they, they, they took an oath to serve and protect the community, not to go around and shoot people and paralyze people and, you know, shoot people and lie and say they, they, they was reaching for your gun when their hands was in the air. Come on, man. That's not cool. That that code, that that code of ethics, you know, between blue and that blue lives matter. Man, listen, all life matters. If I walk outside right now in the middle of the street and get hit by a car, I'm going to bleed red. If somebody white go out in the middle of the street and get hit by a car, they're going to bleed red. If a police officer off duty, on duty, gets in a car accident and he's injured, he's going to bleed red. All of us gonna, all of us bleed the same. The same color, red, man. So I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little older now and, and it just makes me feel like, you know, what is all of this color? have to do with anything. People do what the fuck they do and they need to be held accountable regardless of who they are. Period. The end. That's how I feel. So I wanted to take some time to show some solidarity for the Green family. Um, I am very, very sad that this happened. 
you know, I was really upset for a minute. And like I say, the battles between dealing with Kobe and then dealing with this when I got home after a, a, a relaxing weekend, it was crazy. But again, you know, it's life and it's what we go through. So um, I just wanted to dedicate, you know, um, this episode to Kobe Bryant and his family, his daughter Gigi. And I also wanted to dedicate it to the Green family because it's, it's you know, it, it was it was heartfelt when I saw it, and it was it was terrible that it happened. So, just wanted to let them know that you know my condolences go out to them, and I pray that you know God gives them the strength and gives them everything that they need to um to move forward. So, with that being said, I want to do a moment of silence before I close the show out. Let's be better than we were yesterday, y'all. Let's try to take time, be productive, be positive, and be better than we were yesterday. It's a six man. Y'all be easy. Cause all a nigga tryna do is hustle, hustle Stack my paper more, I can't lose Ain't no other options for me, fuck a pick and choose Fuck another day, so I pick up and light my move Cause all a nigga tryna do is hustle, hustle Stack my paper more, I can't lose Ain't no other options for me, fuck a pick and choose Fuck another day, so I pick up and light my move Said I'm just tryna hustle just wanna feed my family, I ain't looking for no trouble Been starving for a new way, you can't hear my stomach rumble Man enough to say I fucked up before, then right I fumble huh, But that won't stop me, uh, beat the odds Rocky on the money, make it campaign Hit my speed, the next best thing Wake up with a purpose, gonna get it, that's for certain Put my life in my music, reality, my influence Listen, I prove it, black and gifted I'm some multi-mellow breeze now Love my brother, cause he never crossed me ten toes down I'ma hold my own weight up so we can get this paper It's now who never paid dues, I lose, we lose TGR forever, abandon that, oh I can never huh. Once, once with spurs as a feather, now we ain't flocking together Take flight like my mood, mellow breeze, I'm in your two the way all a nigga tryna do is hustle, hustle Stack my paper more, I can't lose Ain't no other options for me, fuck a pick and choose Fuck another day, so I pick up and light my Baby, I'm right on attack mode Nigga want flex I'm sorry, but nigga, this isn't no flex zone King on my throne, honey, I'm home Look at my stack, boy, you grown up Look like you won't even fold up But under the pressure, we hold up Let me get back, operator You a rookie, I'll rank you for that paper I'm speed racer like I'm scum Let me get back to the matter at hand I'm coming out winning no matter the hand I'm hustling hard just to get to the bands Cause I know I got it Ain't no doubt about it It's been some cloudy days, but I always get up 
so vividly My actions start to change with new activities If you ain't talking dollars, man, I'm sorry, don't got my remedy I'm all about the green if you talking positivity Cause all a nigga trying to do is hustle, hustle Stack my paper more, I can't lose Ain't no other options for me, fuck a pick and choose Fuck another 